Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We are excited to see that the Lord is with us. Bible says, if God is for you, who can be against you? Hallelujah. And God is with us. We understand that, that God, the Mosai God is with us and the glory of Israel is moving with us. The Bible calls him the glory of Israel. I remember in the scripture, in the book of, of Exodus, how the pillar of fire and of cloud followed the people of God. The glory of Israel was with them. And in the same sense, God is with us. You know, there have been a progressive revelation of God throughout the ages. In the beginning, people like Abraham, the Bible says, and God revealed himself to them. So it was God to men. When came the time of Moses, the Bible says, and God was with them in the wilderness. So it was God with men. Hallelujah. In the New Testament, Jesus says, not only I am with you, but I will be in you. So God to men, God with men, and God in men. In men. So we have a better <laughs> dispensation. God in us, not just God with us. So as you sit here, the Bible says that you have a temple of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost dwells in you and the Holy Ghost is a breath of God. The Holy Ghost is God. So we are not as the people in the Old Testament anymore. We are not as God to us or God with us. We are God in us. We walk with that consciousness. We walk with that manifestation. That's why Jesus says in the book of John, I love that scripture, John 14, 12. He said, not only you will do what I've done, but you will do greater things than this because I'm going to the Father. He's been glorified. So now it's a greater manifestation of the Spirit. And I trust that you will not take yourself lightly this morning. You see, the problem we are having in Christianity is the problem of understanding how God moves through the times. We are still God to us. It means God is showing himself to us, away from us. Therefore, we pray as if we are praying to a God away from us. We are praying like David prayed. We are praying like Abraham prayed. And sometimes we are God with us. Do not let me go. Do not send me up from here if you are not going with me. Moses, and we say, God, please go with me. God, go with me. But when we came to the New Testament, they didn't pray, God, go with us. Because they knew not only he was with them, but he's in them. Have you ever prayed and said, my heart, today I'm going to the marketplace, please go with me. All my intestines, I'm going here. I pray that you be there where I'm going. Because it's part of you. 
you don't even think. You don't even think of your, of your organs anymore. You only think of them when they are sick. I've never seen someone waking up every morning and checking if the intestines are still in place or the heart is still there or the brain is still in there. You don't check all these things because it's there until there is a problem. So the Bible says that Jesus is in you. Jesus and you, he said, me and the Father will come and have our abode, our dwelling in you. So the fact that we are still checking if he's with us or is going with us is a problem. It means that somewhere, somehow, there is a spiritual disease. When there is a spiritual disease, you have to check up as if there is physical disease. You know, you go to do a scan when there is something wrong. If you don't have any headache, you are fine. You don't go and do brain scan. You do a brain scan when you start to forget things. When you black out and stuff, then you do a brain scan to see what is going on. But until that point, you don't do a brain scan. So when you are still checking if Jesus is with you or if he's going where you are going, it means that spiritually you are sick. So you have to check. You have to do a scan to see if he's there. But that's not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about the power of the blood. The power in the blood. The power in the blood. Now, the reason why I'm going to talk about the power in the blood is because I have come to realize that many of us, we don't understand the power in the blood. We say it, but we don't understand it. And many of our trouble are caused by the misunderstanding of the power in the blood. If we knew what the blood was about, we would have been victorious Christians. If you knew what the blood stands for, we would have been victorious Christians. You know, the blood speaks of death. Now, when we talk about the blood of Jesus, actually we are referring to the death of Jesus. The blood speaks of death. That's why every animal that was offered in sacrifice was killed. You see, it's not a blood transfusion. It's not giving some of your blood. Jesus didn't give some of his blood. He died. So actually, when we talk about the power of the blood, we are talking about the power of a death. Hallelujah. We are talking about the power of his death. Look at how the apostle Paul introduced that notion. Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter number 11 verse 26. 1 Corinthians 11 26. Look at how the apostle Paul introduced this. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 26. And when we are through with that, <laughs> you won't be a fearful Christian anymore. It will be over. It will be over. If you got what I'm trying to tell you, it will be over. He said, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim what? The Lord's death till he comes. Stop there. Don't, 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 don't uh, change it. Just keep it like that. He said, you proclaim. How can, we, how can we be instructed? It's like one of your parents has died, and we tell you, every time you come to eat, say, my parent is dead. Every time you come to the table, to the meal, you must remember that somebody is dead. How can you live like that? I mean, how can you live with remembrance of a painful death? Somebody that you love, 
and you are instructed not to forget. So that every time you have a family reunion, you cry a bit because he's dead. So, so for 2,000 years, we've been crying. He said, remember the Lord death until he comes. Let's continue. Therefore, whoever eats this bread, hallelujah, and, or drink this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Stop there. Now, he said, remember the Lord's death. Now, what he's talking about here is remember the power in his death. It's not remember the fact that he was crucified, but remember the power that resides in that death. So Paul is saying, <laughs> every time you eat and drink, you are engaging the mystery of the blood. You are engaging the mystery of the blood. It means that daily, what makes you going on is the power of the blood. Because he said, whenever you eat and drink, and we know that food and drinking is something you do every day. Hallelujah. But he said, whenever you drink and eat, talking about the cup of communion, remember the Lord's death until he comes. So he said, the strength of your life is based on the knowledge of the power of his blood. So if you don't know the power of his blood... You are a weak Christian subject to the dictate of the devil. The blood. The blood. The death. Jesus didn't come to the cross to die just for a show. He came for a purpose. The death of Jesus has a great importance. So let's go on the achievement of the blood of his death. The achievement of his death. I want us to read Matthew 26, 27. Matthew 26, 27. Matthew 26, 27. Oh, the blood of Jesus. The death of our Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. He said, then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink from it. All of you. What? All of you. It means that not anyone should sit here without being partaker of this. So it's, it's like the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Ghost came, the 120 were all baptized. Now, when he was talking, don't, put, don't take it off, please. Don't take it off. Put the scripture still there. Now, when he was talking, he says, drink it, all of you. Let's continue. For this, <laughs> for this is my blood of a new covenant which is shed for the remission of sins. For the remission of sins. Now, Jesus was introducing a new system in the spirit. It's a new system. What does it tell us? You see, Jesus was telling us something powerful. The word remission means cancellation. Cancellation of debt. Remission means cancellation of debt. Of debt. Sometimes we translate it as forgiveness. Forgiveness is powerful, but 
but, but, uh, but remission is more powerful. The, the meaning of remission is more, is more powerful. Jesus was saying, there was a debt. There was a debt. And what was that debt that we had? It was the past life. Jesus was saying, there is a new system that is being introduced in the spirit. That everybody that is partaker of this blood has a cancellation of his past life. So the blood of Jesus canceled everything of you that happened before you met him. I say everything. Somebody say everything. Remission means cancellation of penalty, of charges and penalties. Hallelujah. Remission, cancellation of charges and penalty. Remission. Remission of sins. Remission of sins. Cancellation of charges or penalty. Now, it comes to the place where we know that the blood of Jesus is a legal term. The death of Jesus is a legal, has a legal achievement. You see, when you, when you do something wrong, there is a judgment that comes and a condemnation. So the sin of Adam was still in power until the blood was introduced. Remember, the blood that was introduced in the Old Testament was a temporary remission. So it means in the Old Testament, when somebody commits something, he has to offer in sacrifice a lamb or an animal. And the blood or the death of that animal is a substitute, a temporary substitute for that person. In a way, that person is forgiven for a little while. So every time, every year, it need to come, they need to come and do a sacrifice for forgiveness. That's what the high priest was doing. It was once a year, the high, the high priest would enter the holies of holies with blood and, and take the blood of the animal and put it on the mercy seat. And this, that whole year, the wrath of God is appeased. And at the end of that year, they need to do it again and again and again and again. So the remission of the Old Testament was a temporary remission. Hallelujah. Remember that why when God was giving the instruction, he said, take an, a lamb or a goat, an animal, a year old. It means that, that, that the length of the remission was connected to the age of the animal. Hallelujah. So a year old animal has a year remission. Jesus came with an eternal life. The Bible says in the Alpha and the Omega, the ancient of days, the one that revealed himself, the glory of Israel, he came and he offered himself as a sacrificial lamb. Guess what? Because he's eternal, the remission is eternal. So the blood of Jesus removed once and for all every legal right that Satan had upon you. That's why it's a misunderstanding of Scripture when, as a Christian, we are talking about the legal right that Satan has upon us. Satan has a 
does not have a legal right even in the, on the world anymore. He lost it when Jesus died. Jesus did not just redeem Christian. He redeemed the whole world. But Christian has come to the knowledge of the redemption and has accepted the redemption. Therefore, it works for them. You see, a law, a law that is not rectified or that is not ratified, yes, a law that is not ratified is not in power. It means that if a law is taken and parliament hasn't voted the law and they have not uh, published it in the journal of, of, of government, that law is powerless. But when the law is signed and, and, and stamped and approved by parliament and, and government and, and, and the president signed and everything is done, that law is in power. So although the law is written, the law is not in power until, until such a time. So the blood of Jesus is not in power until you accept it. But it does not mean it's not there. When you accept it, Legal right, satanic and demonic legal right are removed. Cancellation. Cancellation. The remission. The remission. The blood of Jesus canceled our sins. The Bible tells us in the book of Ephesians, of number 1, verse 7, Ephesians 1, 7. He says, we have the forgiveness of our sins. We are forgiven. We have redemption for his blood, the forgiveness of our sins. Redemption for his blood and forgiveness of our sins. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter number 9 verse 22 says, Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness or remission of sins. The blood of Jesus, hallelujah. Jesus didn't die a cheap death. He died for a purpose. So in the spirit, there's a legal system that is introduced in the spirit. And that legal system cancels the other system that was there before. So when you understand that, ah, when you understand that, you understand that every right that Satan had is gone. The blood of Jesus is a system of cancellation of everything that is not of God in your life. The blood. The death of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus stopped curses. Hallelujah. I say the blood of Jesus stopped the curse. Some of you don't believe that. The blood of Jesus stopped curses. You say, no, I inherit the curse from my family. Of course you did. Because you were ignorant. Because you are ignorant. Let me take you through a scripture. First Peter chapter number one, verse 18. First Peter 1, 18. Hallelujah. The blood. Ha. The blood. 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 First Peter 1, 18. Ha. The blood. Oh, the blood. Oh, the blood. First Peter 1, 18. Let's put it there and let's read it. It says, knowing that we are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from the, your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. Let's go on. But with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. He said, 
the aimless way of life that you inherit from your fathers, that we curse. You know, when you talk about curse, curse means to, to be empowered to fail. That's what the word curse means. Empowered to fail. So you say the aimless, the life without aim, the life without purpose that you got from your parents, how did you get it? Through the bloodline. So that's why many people, they receive an aimless, aimless life from their forefathers. So they come, in the family, they are barren. In the family, they don't get married. In the family, they are broke. In the family, they run mad. In the family, something is wrong. In the family, they inherit anger. In the family, they inherit gossip. All these things run from the bloodline. The Bible says in the book of 1 Peter 1, 18, it said, you were redeemed. You are redeemed from that aimless life. Not by silver and gold. So it means it's not by offering. Yes, because some people teach you that your offering will save you from your curse. It's a lie from Satan. Offering does not save you from curse. The only thing that saves you from your curse is the blood of Jesus. And he said it's not silver, it's not gold. So this offering that we do for curses to be broken are from the devil. Don't do offering for curses to be broken. Do, do offering as a thanksgiving of fact. Do offering because you are so full of life. God has so redeemed you and so that you give because God has blessed you. So we, we cannot, <laughs> I, see, I see people do offering for their children, for their generation. I say, what about the blood? What about the blood of Jesus? The Bible says the only thing that redeems us from the aimless way of life is the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus washes us whiter than snow. The blood of, the blood of Jesus has, has disconnected me from my family bloodline. The blood of Jesus has redeemed me from my family background. The blood of Jesus has redeemed me from the curse of the land. He has put me right into the favor and the grace of God. I am washed by the blood. And I say, if you don't know that, people manipulate you. I see, oh, Christianity, I see people being so desperate. So desperate. They go and People manipulate them and say, if you give this, this in your family will change. And people are doing sacrificial offering for family pattern to change. The Bible says it's not with silver or gold, but we are redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. The blood of Jesus. I say the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Today, you must come to the knowledge <laughs> that there is a legal system that was introduced at the cross. And full upon the strength of that system, today you are introduced to the new way of a kingdom. Demon that comes in you, in your room, and demon that oppresses you, they do it as thieves, as lawbreakers. You need to oppose them, because legally they have no right to do that. They have no legal foundation in the spirit to hold your womb. They have no legal foundation to keep you sick. There's no legal foundation. You can walk away from those things once you know your rights. You know, people say, I know my rights. I know my rights. I know my rights. We're talking about natural rights. I know them. Do you know your rights in the spirit? Huh? 
People study law to, to be expert on law. We are studying the spirit to be expert in the legalities of the thing of the spirit. Therefore, we walk. We are, we are like lawyers. Yes. We, we know what is happening. You know, men of God, sometimes we give you bail. You know how we give you bail? We pray for you to be free for the same time. And you go on, you go on, because you don't know your right, the devil will come again. So your healing is a bailing system. Ah, no, you know what I'm saying. That when we pray for you, we pray for you and you are healed. We have bailed you out of a situation. But it does not mean the case is canceled. You need to know your rights in order for the case to be canceled. You see, when people are arrested and they go to the police and they say they came out on bail, is the case over. But when they come out, don't they go home? Don't they enjoy life? Don't they live with a family? But later on, they call them back to the court. That's why people say, I was healed, but a year later, I was sick again. No, you were bailed out. <laughs> you were bailed out. When you know that the case is over, you are not out on bail anymore. You are out as a free man. The case has been canceled. So every healing that you get, ask yourself, is it a bill or is it a total freedom? Total freedom comes when you know the power in the blood. Otherwise, everything we are doing, we are bailing you out. Hallelujah. Eh? Eh? Evangelist companies go to hospital, pray for people. Oh, they are healed, they are healed, they are healed. Then two months later, they come again. I am sick. And you know, we say that you didn't put faith in your healing. No, they did. But they didn't understand the legality that came with healing. Therefore, it was just a bill. Do you understand what I'm saying this morning? Some of you, you are bailed out in your family crisis. And you feel, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My family is free. After a year, boom. Then you say, oh, I don't know if this thing is any real. I don't know. You were bailed out. You are out on parole. <laughs> but the devil is not, you are not of the hook yet. You know, because it's just a parole, you are out. The word of God didn't come to just give you a bail or take you out on parole. The word of God came to set you free forever. So the blood, when you understand the legalities in the blood, you come out as a free man. The Bible says you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And he said, if the Son of God set you free, you shall be free indeed. Indeed. Blood. 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 Hallelujah. I say blood. I say blood. The blood of Jesus is a weapon of warfare. The blood of Jesus is a weapon of warfare. Let's read the book of Revelation 12, 11. Revelation 12, 11. The blood of Jesus is a weapon of warfare. Revelation 12, 11. Revelation 12, 11. It says, and they overcame by what? The blood of of a lamb. Let's leave the rest. It does not interest me today. They overcame by the blood 
of Philem. Now, the weapon that causes you to overcome is the blood. You, you, you engage the blood. Ah, you engage the blood. The Bible says every time you drink this cup, remember the, the death of the Lord until he comes. So engage the blood. So whenever something happens, the blood. I stand on the strength of the blood of Jesus. And I cancel this assignment of the devil. Because devil, you have no legal rights. You have no stand in my life. You have no foothold in my life. Your activities are hereby canceled. We talk about Jesus being the advocate. Huh? He's our paracletos. He's our advocate. But what you don't understand is that the advocate and you are one. Hello? The advocate dwells in you. So from where Jesus is going to advocate your case? From within you. Which mouth is going to use to advocate your case? Your own mouth. People pray, oh Jesus, I pray that you may stand before the Father and plead on my behalf. Come on. Come on. You go before the Father. Bible says in the book of Romans, uh, Hebrews 4.16, he said we come boldly before the throne of grace. Hallelujah. We come boldly. So I advocate my case before the Father because the advocate is in me. The knowledge of the advocate is in me. Jesus and me, we have the same mind. The Bible says we have become one in the spirit. Those who believe in the Lord are one spirit with him. So when I go before the Father, I do not go trembling. I go because the advocate is speaking from within me. And I know the legal ground in which I must stand. So when I go before the Father, I say, Father, thank you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace. I have been accused. But I know that the blood speaks for me. So in the name of your son Jesus, I receive forgiveness because I'm already forgiven. And I, re I rebuke Satan in the name of Jesus that you have no legal right upon my life, upon my family, upon my children, upon... Ah. These are realities in the spirit that we are not taking advantage of. We are beggars. You know, the begging mentality has killed Christianity. Begging does not mean not have reverence from God, for God. No. Begging means you don't know your rights. You don't know. You don't know the power. In the, you don't know the power of cancellation of your debt. You don't know that your debt are canceled. Let, let me tell you something. Maybe you are in debt. You are in debt. Maybe you owe your bank. Amen? You owe your bank. And then a friend of yours goes there and pays your debt. He pays it for full. So you have no debt anymore. And you don't know that. Now, if you don't know, are you still going to live in fear? Yes, because you don't know. But the debt is paid. And if, if by mistake, one employee of the bank wants to terrorize you, and he calls you and he says, listen, you didn't pay your mortgage this month, then your heart sinks, although it was already paid. So the employer has no legal ground to stand on to phone you. But because he wants to put fear in you, he phones you. And then you are afraid because your mortgage are standing before you. You don't know that your friend has paid it to the full. 
The day you come to that knowledge, when the bank phones you, you say, there is a problem, guys. As far as I know, it's pay, and this is a reference number. You don't say, oh, I'm sorry, bank. I am so sorry. Oh, I am so no, you come knowing. Hallelujah. The reason why the Bible was written so that you can have a written proof of what happened. It becomes a legal factor. These are legalities that, that Jesus died and paid in full. And we are all trembling. When we are sick, pray for me to be healed, pray for me to be healed. No, no, a thousand times no. When you are sick, you say, Father, I thank you for I have received my healing. And if the healing does not go, <clears throat> you say to the brother, stand with me. Because the Bible says, resist Satan, you shall flee. And I need people to stand so that I can resist him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So today, I'm just trying to tell you your legal right through the blood. Through the blood. The blood is a weapon of warfare. A weapon of warfare. A weapon of warfare. You say, Father, thank you for your blood is all over here. No man is able to trespass. You know what they do? We are here with a company of security. They come and they put their board there. And they say, we are the one watching over this place. Amen? Now, when the thief comes, he knows who he's dealing with. Amen? They know they are not dealing with a guy sleeping in the house. They are dealing with it. And there are alarms. So when the alarm rings, the guy in the room does not come out. These people come. You are the property of Jesus. I, no, you don't understand. You are Jesus' property. And the sign over you is the blood. And when the devil tries to trespass the blood, who come? The angels. Hallelujah. The Bible says that the angel of the Lord encamped around about those who fear him, and he put them out of danger. The system of security in heaven is run by angels. God is not coming to fight devils. He's too big for that. His angels are doing the job. And the blood is a sign. They told me of, uh, we went sometime, one day to see, to, to, to see a, a property somewhere. And the neighbor wrote, he put a picture of the dogs. And he said, they are loose all the time. And when you see those vicious dogs, you don't want to go there. Even if there's no dog there, the sign makes you fearful. Amen? So the blood of Jesus is a sign over you that says angels are loose all the time around this man. And you might not see it, but the devil sees it. Let me tell you something. When the sign is <coughs> on your walls, from within the house, do you see the sign? Only those who are outside. You might not see the sign of the blood over you, but the devil sees it. Hallelujah. So you walk with that knowledge. The blood is a sign over me. Let's go to the book of Revelation of Exodus to enhance what we are saying there. Exodus 12, 5 to 7. I want you to read that. Exodus, Exodus 12, 5 to 7. Let's go very quickly. He said, your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goat. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. 
Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. Hallelujah. Verse 7. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. Let's go to verse 12. Verse 12. Verse 12 to 13. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. Remember, he didn't say, I will strike the firstborn of the Egyptians. He said, I will strike the firstborn in the land of Egypt. That's a very important point. Let's go. Both men and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now, the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. You say the blood? <laughs> you, you take a lamb. You put the blood on your doorpost. I will pass by. And I will strike the land. And all the firstborn, men and beasts, shall be killed. But when I see the blood, I will pass over. Question. If the firstborn of Pharaoh that night came for a dead night at his friend, the Israelite, do you think he would have died? No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't because he was under the blood. He said, I will strike the land. He didn't say, I will strike the Egyptians. And if a Jewish boy, firstborn, one day around and said to his mother, today I want to go and sleep by my friend, the Egyptians. And he went there, he would have died too. So the principle that saved them was not them, it was the blood. It was not their goodness that protected them. It was not how good, it was not their family tree that protected them. It was the blood. He said, I'm going to strike. Hey, but when I see the blood, I will pass over. And do, do you understand that the blood of Passover, the blood of Passover is the same that Jesus came and did it. This was a rehearsal. The blood that was put on the doorpost in Egypt was a rehearsal of what was to take place in Jerusalem. So everybody that accepted Jesus has put the blood on his doorpost, which is his life. And, 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 and God said, when I see the blood, I will not punish them. I will not punish them. God did not punish Egypt. Egypt. He punished people without blood. Yes. And because Egyptians didn't have the information, they couldn't put the blood. Surely they were maybe laughing at the, the Israelites. What are they doing putting blood on their doorpost? What about, it's not, it's not a good house. When you go there, it's blood. For us, it's marble. We have everything. These people have only blood. It's dirty. But in the spirit, it was relevant. You see, when I see the blood, when I see the blood, I want you to say with me, when I see the blood, not when I see your faces, 
Not when I see your good deeds. Not when I see where, which church are you going to when I see the blood. When I see the blood. So the blood of Jesus is, a, is an eternal protection. The blood of Jesus is an eternal protection. When I see the blood. Are you in covenant with Jesus this morning? If you are in covenant with Jesus, there is a blood. The principle of the blood. The curses are removed. The curses are removed. The only thing that can open the door is your doubt, your unbelief. And when you break legalities in the kingdom, you open the door. But beside that, ah, the blood. Oh, 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 the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. Meaning, I cannot commit adultery and expect that I'm protected by the blood. A Christian that goes to commit adultery with somebody with HIV, he will get HIV. You can't tell me I'm protected by the blood. No, you've broken a law. Hallelujah. You know the law of South Africa protects you until you break it. The law protects all of us until we break it. When you break it, the law becomes your enemy. Hallelujah. So, the blood of Jesus has a power huh, to transfer us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Colossians chapter number 1, verse 12 to 13. He said, giving thanks to God who has qualified us to be partaker of the inheritance of the saints, who has transferred us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. The blood. I save the blood. I save the blood. I save the blood. Does somebody hear me this morning? That the blood of Jesus is a mystery to the devil. He doesn't understand that. He does not understand the principle of blood. Amen. He doesn't. Can I tell you why he doesn't? <laughs> because he doesn't understand the principle of life. He's confused about the principle of life. The Bible says if they have known, they wouldn't crucify the Lord of glory. So he crucified Jesus by ignorance. But he did not know that the crucifixion was a restoration of all things. He got Adam. He didn't know the crucifixion was a restoration. He thought the crucifixion was more punishment to humankind. He didn't know that the crucifixion has set humankind free. So we are, we are brought forth into divinity because of the blood. You know, we talk about the blood speaks. There is a, 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 one of the ministries here that does a program that they call the blood speaks. Is that so? The blood speaks. The blood speaks. We know that when uh, Cain killed Abel, when you read Genesis 4, when Cain killed Abel, the Bible says the blood of Abel is crying out to me. So the blood has a voice inside of it. And that blood speaks. The Bible says the blood of Abel speaks, uh, the blood of Jesus speaks of better things than the blood of Abel. And I explained to you why. Because the blood of Abel was crying vengeance. The blood of Abel was before the throne of God and said, Lord, when are you going to punish my brother? He kills me. He cried out to the throne. 
But when Jesus was killed, you know what he did? He said, my father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. So his blood is screaming mercy. Amen? So the difference between the blood of Jesus and Abel is that the blood of Abel cries vengeance, the blood of Jesus cries mercy. Mercy, mercy toward his persecutors. Mercy towards the people that crucified him. Mercy and mercy toward us. So whenever I'm in trouble, I pray mercy. Lord, have mercy on me. Have mercy. And why do you have mercy? Because of your blood. The ancient people understood the power in the blood. Do you know that even the Satanists understand power in blood? You know they make their covenant with human blood? It's because they don't understand that there is a greater blood than human blood. So instead of making a weak covenant with immortal blood, why don't you make the covenant with eternal blood with Jesus Christ of Nazareth? I read a testimony of a man that asked the people to bury him for three days. And they buried him, completely buried him, for three days. On the third day, they dig him up, and he was still alive. I mean, I'm talking about burying. I'm not talking about that man was a, an unsaved. I don't want to go into their religion, but he was an unsaved. He was not fully in Christ. And through the manipulation of the power of the mind, he could achieve that through demonic impulses. But there is greater than that. The blood of Jesus. I say the blood of Jesus. If, if, if these people, if people can walk, I went to a country and I saw somebody standing on one leg. So why are they standing there? They stand for, for, for days, sometimes months. And they say they are cleansing their soul. You understand? They are cleaning their soul. And they do that through demonic manipulation. Amen. They walk on burning coals and they don't feel anything. Demonic manipulation. Amen? I, 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 there is, there is a, a kind of witchcraft that I know about because I, I saw the demonstration on TV back in Africa where they put a nail in a chicken. <laughs> you won't understand what I'm talking about. No, no, they didn't put They put the nail on the soil and the chicken was in the house. And the men did the incantation, and there was like a smoke. And they said, go get the chicken. When they got the chicken, they opened the chicken. The nail was inside of the chicken. And they said, that's how we transfer material nails into people, and we kill them. Doctor can't see them, but the nail is there. These are demonic manipulation. Amen? But I'm here to introduce you to a higher power. Mm -hmm. I say, I'm here to introduce you to a higher power. <laughs> you don't check what I'm saying. Christianity is more powerful than everything I talked about now. It's because Christians have come to a place where they don't understand who they are. That's why they are afraid of boasting. If they can put a nail in the ground and send it by, by demonic incantation into somebody else, what about us? We, we are not putting a nail to kill. We are speaking to save. So God said, I want to show you something. You, are, you, you need to do something in order to achieve my children have given the grace to create by the words. Hallelujah. Based on the power of blood. 
We have a higher, we are here by higher authority. We are not here by cheap authority. We are not here by cheap That's why when the witches feel that we are in a place, we are all over the show, we are afraid. Because they know, we know. They know, we know. When they send the nail, that nail disappears before it comes to us. Hallelujah. It disappears before it comes to us. So they try to kill a pastor. <laughs> they try to kill a pastor. So the pastor was driving and, and uh, they, they went to cause an accident. And the man got born again after that. He was saying, he said, when we came to that road to overturn his car, the whole car became fire, nearly burnt us. He said, we ran not to die. And I realized there's a greater power in that person. One day I was praying <laughs> at my house. It was about 3 a.m. and I was in the spirit. And I saw somebody coming to the house. I saw him. And I shouted, out! And the person flew. And later on, I met somebody that told me, one day I tried to do astral projection in your house. I said, oh, is that you I saw? <laughs> he said, but when I came there, the fire was too much. I couldn't land. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. When they do astral projection, they land on fire. <laughs> they have to go back because they die. I save the blood. Ooh, I save the blood of Jesus. If we can understand the power in the blood, we will be set free from anything, any curses. Please stop talking about your curses. It, you are demeaning the blood. You are speaking as the blood of Jesus didn't achieve anything. So you are there to... to I, I said, people say, no. There's a curse. I say, how do you break it? We pray. How do you pray? In the name of Jesus. I say, I. I thought it was something else. If it's the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus has done it 2,000 years ago. I ju you need to receive it this morning. Hallelujah. Say, I am free. I am free in the name of Jesus. I am free. I am free because of the blood. I am free because of the blood of the Lamb. Today, we are standing here free from the curse, free from everything that is of the devil. The blood sanctifies us. Like in Egypt. Remember I told you that we are in Goshen. There was darkness in Egypt, light in Goshen. Same land, different realities. We are all in the world, but we are not all of the world. Same thing, different realities. I want you to go home as a victor today. Now when you look at yourself, you say, I am washed by the blood. Say, I am washed by the blood. The blood, remember I said, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus has a power of cancellation. Remember that. It cancels everything. The blood of Jesus stops curses. The blood of Jesus is a weapon of warfare, and the blood of Jesus is a protection and a safety for you. I want to just leave you with those four things, and you must go and think about So that when there is trouble in your life, you can call on the blood. Oh, the blood. Oh, the blood. Oh, the blood. I'm not on parole anymore. I am being declared free. I am not on bail anymore, waiting for 
for my trial. It's finished. The Bible says that, that, that who can bring a, a, a condemnation against us? You can bring an accusation against us. God is for us. Who can be against us? I say God is for us. God is for us. Oh, people of God, today we can rejoice in our homes, wherever we are, say, I am free. I am free. You see, when you, when you have a dream and you wake up, say to devil, say, Satan, hey, didn't you know? Satan, you forgot. It's me. <laughs> I'm under the blood. So you can do nothing. Hallelujah. You can do nothing. Even if you came and took If you can come and in the dream, steal my car. When I wake up, thank you, Lord, for my car. No one can steal it. Because what the devil does is suggest something, and you believe it, and it comes to pass. That's what he does. That's why he's in your dreams. He suggests you that you are dead in the dream. Ooh, I saw a dream, I'm dead. Then you are in fear. Lord, please keep me alive, keep me alive. No. When, when you wake up, say, thank God I'm alive. Devil, didn't you know it's me? <laughs> I am covered and protected by the blood. So all, all your foul assignments, legally, they have no rights. I stand by the blood. And I proclaim that in Jesus' name, I am freed. I am freed. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. There are some dreams when I wake up, I don't even talk about. I don't talk about because it has no meaning for me. I don't even talk about. My family don't know about. I don't care about those type of dreams because I know the power in the blood. You are all over the show. The Bible says, by your word, you shall be condemned or justified. You vocalize what was in the spirit, and then it comes to pass. I refuse. I say, I refuse. I refuse. My daughter uh, called me one time, and in Ivory Coast, she's my sister-in-law. But she's my daughter. I don't, I don't call her sister-in-law. She's my real daughter. And... Uh, she told me that she had a dream and, uh, and uh, the father was dead. So when she called me, I said, it's not a dream. See why? I said, forget it. God didn't show you anything. Dad is alive. He's still alive. If we have given thought to that wicked agenda of the devil, something would have happened to him. But we refuse. I refuse. I refuse to be a prophet of the devil. Because... <laughs> Prophet means to speak on behalf of God. When you are speaking on behalf of the devil, you are vocalizing everything the devil does. He brought you a snake. You spoke the snake into being. But when he brings me a snake, I speak life into being. Hallelujah. I am well and I am blessed. And I am, I am, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am blessed. I am an overcomer. I, I say I am an overcomer. The blood of Jesus sanctifies and justifies me. There is no decree in this darkness that can work against me because there is a decree in the light that justifies me. The Bible says, when they said, the Bible says, when they say you are going down, there is a voice that says there is a lifting coming. So the voice of God cancels the voice of the devil. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This day is a day of freedom. I say it's a day of freedom. It's a day 
of freedom is a day of freedom. You are a prophet on your own right, depending on what you are declaring. I want you to get the principle. Everything in the spirit needs a body to function. And what gives a body to a thing is your word. Your word has the power to embody something. The Bible says, and the word became what? Flesh. So by your word, you can flesh out the words. Hallelujah. You flesh out the words. You can flesh out the word. You can flesh out the word. You can flesh out the words. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. So I'm giving you an advice. I'm giving you an advice. When you are traveling, don't say, I see you here, I will see you in heaven. We think it's holy. <laughs> I'll see you here. When my come time come, God will tell me. Then I don't, I can tell you that I'm about to check out. But we are living like aimless. I don't know if I'm coming back. There's a guy. <laughs> there's a guy when I was young. Every time he's sick, he say goodbye to his whole family. So he was sick in the, he was saying to his first son, look after your mother and stuff. Because I know this time I'm gone. So <laughs> my dad went there. And my dad was very worried about him. And the wife called my dad and said, come. Pastor, come. It's the way he is. Don't worry. Every time he's sick, he say goodbye. So please, go home and sleep. Nothing will happen. The next day, the guy was still alive. My father said, yes. He got us. They were sitting at the bedside waiting for the time for him to go. And all the time he was saying goodbye to everybody. I'm gone. I'm gone. The guy lived on for many years. <laughs> I'm no longer a slave of fear. I am a child of God. The blood. Somebody say the blood. Say I engage the mystery of the blood. Say, I engage the mystery of the blood today. There is a mystery in this blood that justifies me. There is a mystery in the blood that says, although I have fallen, Jesus picks me up. There is a mystery that justifies a sinner and makes him a righteous man. There is a mystery that brings a sinner into the family of God and cleanses him completely. There is a mystery that redeems you from the curse of the family so that the curse of the family does not run down on you anymore. 1 Peter 1.18, we are redeemed from the aimless way of life received from our forefathers. Hallelujah. So we are about to finish. I want the worship team to come and help me. And I don't want you to disconnect if you are listening to us. I'm going to pray after the worship team. Mm. I'm going to pray after the worship team. Mm. Ooh. Wow, 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 wow. Sure. Sure. If you are sick here, I proclaim. Ha, I stand against it by the power of the blood. If there was a curse in your family, that curse was a lie. We cancel it in the name of Jesus. We nullify it in the name of Jesus. <laughs> 